I love entrepreneurship, and I'm sure you do too. So in this episode, I want to unpack the rules of entrepreneurship. I think that it is something that sometimes we're in a silo by ourselves, so we don't know what's right, what's wrong, should we do this, should we do that. I'm not saying I'm an expert, but just based on my experience, I'm going to talk about three lessons that every entrepreneur has to learn. Welcome back to another episode of Monetize with Marcus Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Warroge. You stuck with me. So in today's episode, we're going to dig into what really why I love entrepreneurship and like some of the rules of the game. What are some things that we should learn about entrepreneurship? Because it's different from anything else and it's different for everybody. So I don't want you to take what I'm saying and think that it's one size fit all. Like I... I do marketing, sales, so I'm in the e-learning space of entrepreneurship. Someone else might have a brick and mortar building. Someone else might do be mechanics. So the context is going to be different, right, for each person. There are certain people that that have a job but a side business. So entrepreneurism is, is very broad. So when people say, I'm an entrepreneur, well, that's like saying I do music. Do you do R&B? Do you do rap? Do you do country? What's the genre of entrepreneurship you're in? Now, in entrepreneurship, some call that a niche, right? But every person, there's some be some different rules. So I want to kind of unpack today kind of the mindset surrounding entrepreneurship and some things I've learned in my journey. And I hope it helps you. So the first thing I can really say I've learned, well, I love entrepreneurship, I've learned that you don't ma- there's no magic pill, right? So on the day you get that you su- submit your two weeks notice, quit your job, tell your boss you out, you don't magically develop the talent, the skill to be successful as an entrepreneur. And knowing how to create ideas is not the same. So some people say, you know, you know I'm really good with coming up with ideas. Well, that don't make you an entrepreneur. It's only when you can take those ideas and ha- and learn that skill set of how you can build systems, structure around it. So let me give you a good example. So let's use, you know, your process of when you work. If you had to submit time time off for your vacation, that's a standard operating procedure that the person who owned the business came up with. If you started working and they did a training process, hey, watch this video, and then next you're going to do this. The sequence that you learn things in, that's a process that the, that the business owner came up with. All the way down to, hey, fill out these documents so we can now get you set up on payroll. That's a process. So some entrepreneur, even for the job you work, built the system. So the first skill I'm learning with entrepreneurs, we quit jobs sometimes where we were not emotionally connected, mentally connected, (laughs) any of those things. And we think that now because we run a business, even if you're generating income, like I learned my first few years in business, I was great at generating income and not growing a company. And they're not the same thing. So that's why I was a part of Team No Sleep, on your grind, working 24-7. That normally happens for people who are hustlers but not entrepreneurs. So, like, when you start thinking about it, you go from hustler, entrepreneur, CEO, right? And they're not the same. Like, there are multiple steps in the process. The hustler know how to get a check. Like, hey, Miss Lady, Miss Lady, I got these two for one. All right, you make enough money. You know, you can, you can hustle your way into some dollars. You can even be online and, ha- and have a LLC. When I say hustle, I know people with LLCs are still hustling, right? So you got to leak. Filing legal paperwork does not mean you have a company. You don't have a company until you truly have a process, a plan for growth, systems in place. SOPs, standard operating procedures that 
Let me say it this way. I do this and then I do this and then I do this and do this to get this result. That's a process. So like all you got to start doing now is taking that's the transition as a hustler. The hustler knows I buy shirts, I sell shirts. The entrepreneur knows I buy shirts for $2, I sell them for $15, I market them here, here, and here because I get more results. I use the money from this to cover this. I can grow income with this. Or shoot, I might as well. Now the CEO says, how many people do I need to match the numbers I was making as an entrepreneur? And the CEO now says, here's what I say to get a sale. Here's where I buy the things from. When when we get less than this many t-shirts, we reorder. See, that's a big difference in the train of thought. All in the same space, but all different processes. That's that's one of the major lessons I learned. See, I've been all three. I was the hustler. Had books, sold books. As a C, as the CEO, excuse me, as an entrepreneur, then I started saying, okay, how do I turn these books into branding, marketing, get more of them? How do I build the infrastructure around it? How do I leverage my book to get speaking engagements? How do I turn the book into coaching? So I started thinking about more ideas. But as the CEO, I said, hold on, this probably isn't the best business because people don't buy books more than once. So every day I got to find a new customer as an author. So as the CEO, I made the hard decision to fire myself from being an author. <laughs> Do you, oh, don't miss it. I fired myself from the thing that I identified with. I wrote 23 books, but as the CEO in me, I fired the entrepreneur me. And as the entrepreneur me, I fired the hustler me. And the CEO said, Marcus, unfortunately, we can no longer keep you on as an author. You're going to have to become a business consultant and a marketer, a digital marketer, in order to expand the company's growth. So I fired myself as an author and hired myself as a business owner, as a coach. Because as a coach, I can grow the revenue. You follow what I'm saying? I'm talking about as an entrepreneur, you being able to make the same decision that an external person would make for yourself. Now, let me ask you the question. Is it possible that you're giving yourself a raise and a role and a title that you should fire yourself from? Is it possible? I'm going to say it again. That you're giving yourself a raise. Or you're working overtime on a task or a job that you should quit altogether. You get rid of the whole department. Now, you know you're the only person in the department, so that means you get rid of it altogether. So some years ago, it was a hard decision. I just stopped selling books. Now, they still sell on Amazon. They still sell, but I didn't push them on my site because the moment you hear me say I wrote 23 books, what's the first thing that happens? You only see me as a person that can help you write books. So I never market something that I can't help a person do within my company. So now as a CEO, I realize it's distracting for me to market me as an author because we don't sell anything that would help authors other than those who are looking to turn their book. Like we'll build the funnels for it, the marketing for it, but that's a physical product. We'll help you turn that into a course, right? So it makes more sense to talk about how authors can grow their online business. Follow what I'm saying? So that's one of the lessons I learned to fire myself in those positions. Now, second thing, second thing, the second thing I want you to learn as an entrepreneur, time management is an Achilles heel. Oh, let me say it better. Time management for every entrepreneur is it can be their greatest strength or their worst nightmare. So you don't leave a job and immediately go from showing up at nine o'clock, go to lunch break, not doing any work, and now all of a sudden be able to manage and run yourself. So I start doing something, this time management hack that I started learning when am I most productive and I would literally set a schedule what I call the entrepreneur work schedule 
and I would switch it. So sometimes I'm like, I'm on mornings. Then I'm going to get up early. I want to be working by 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. So I'm going to get up, get my coffee, and I want to be in my office. Although the office is in my crib, I want to be in my office by 9. Then when I start feeling less productive, I'm like, I'm on night shift. I'm going to chill all day, work out, hang out, do whatever I want to do. And I'm going to start working at 9 o'clock and grind it out all night. It's a way that you trick yourself as an entrepreneur. Like, these are just skills. These are rules and skills that don't nobody tell you. I'm, I'm just trying to be your homeboy and tell you what's happening out here. That certain times, I'm on the night shift. I'm going to stay up all night, pound it out, grind it out. What time you get up tomorrow? Now, I still get up fairly early. I'm, I'm up 7-ish, 8 o'clock at the latest. But there are certain days that I say I'm not talking to anybody until 11 o'clock. Now, that might seem late to start. But then I say, I'm going to do this part of the work from 11 to 5, right, where I'm talking to clients on down the line. Late at night is when I'm doing my planning, my reading, like going in depth to grow my knowledge, my education to be better, right? So it's just a matter of that time management piece to figure out when are you most productive? Are you a morning person, late night person? Y'all better stop listening to these people to tell you get up at 6 a.m. and you know that's not your vibe. I know people say, oh, I'm a 4 a.m. guy. I'm not a 4 a.m. guy because I go to bed at 2.30 or 3. I don't feel no type of way, but I'm still up by seven or eight. So I'm still getting the same hours of productivity. Make sense? So that was the first one. Second one is time management. And the third, the third thing, the third thing you're going to have to be extremely good at. Every entrepreneur must learn to develop the skill of saying these, this most powerful statement. I don't know, but I'm willing to invest to learn. Oh my goodness. You'd be shocked. How many people ruin their company? Because they simply are not willing to say, hold on, hold on, take a deep breath and make sure you get it. I don't know, but I'm willing to invest to learn. Cam let me look at this camera. S say this with me. Come on. Come on. You can do it. I believe in you. <laughs> you have the power. I don't know, but I'm willing to invest for someone to teach me. You'd be shocked how freeing and how powerful it is that people will spend countless hours, time, effort, and energy trying to learn how to do something on their own when they can pay somebody for it. Or you'd be shocked how many entrepreneurs that will, that will literally want someone to pay them, but they have never been willing to pay someone else. So you have to learn the skill of divorcing the idea of money in terms of making it, spending it versus investing in it. All right. So those are three rules and things I've learned on my entrepreneurial journey. I, this is another short form episode of Monetize with Marcus. I hope that it's brought value to you. But if I can leave you with anything, you more than likely as a CEO should have a meeting with yourself as an entrepreneur and fire you, but hire yourself to do something that you are the best and the brightest at, and it will grow your company. I'll see you in the next episode.